Hello and welcome everybody to the final part of the season review. This will be probably the shortest segment because it really just revolves around chip strategies and also because the choices made by the active community were relatively straightforward. In that sense, this basically relies around the proposition that when you have games postponed due to FA clashes with Premier League fixtures, you get double game weeks that happen later on. And we find out that the two major double game weeks that dropped in 33 and 36 revolved around one or two particular players to deliver the points as captains. So this segment will touch a little bit on that as well as some personal decisions that ultimately landed me in 30k final rank instead of 13k. Game Week 28, part 4 of the season commences. People start planning their chip strategies and the meat of this podcast basically revolves around the chip strategies available. Now, in conventional seasons, there are blanks in Game Week 28-ish, Game Week 30, while the conventional double Game Weeks drop in 33 and 36. So it just really comes down to which chip, which score-boosting chip you play during 33 and 36, whether you employ your triple captain or whether you play your bench boost, while making sure that you have a good timing of a wild card before you play those score-boosting chips. So while a lot of people played their wild card 32-ish and then they bench boosted during 33 or 36, I went with the slightly earlier option of Bench, uh, of wildcarding in 28, simply because the free hit in 30 itself, when everyone was blanking, was much more valuable for myself. Because my wildcard in 28 basically prepared for further blanks while investing long-term into the likes of Everton. So in that sense, I adopted a Maverick strategy, locking certain teams' players in my squad that already had double game weeks that had not dropped in the near horizon, such as Newcastle, such as Everton. And it was done such that I even had two specific Newcastle, Everton and Watford players in the squad, just in case one of these sides made it further into the FA Cup games and I would basically drop the other team. Now, this approach basically worked and I'm not going to elaborate on the approach itself. But I'm going to talk more about what should we do and what we should not do in this period itself. 28, 29, there were a lot of obvious picks because when you have a massive blank game week and only Spurs and Arsenal play, the obvious picks are definitely Son and Kane. So I made the mistake of only owning Kane for captaincy purposes and I missed out on a lot of conventional points such as Sons, such as Arsenal defences, and even though I managed to get one or two Maverick picks correct based on the eye test, I lost out on a lot more. So, lesson learned. In blank game weeks where choices are obvious, go with the obvious choices and then maybe you know go 90% safe, 10% Maverick. That is basically the ideal balance in a blank game week. Now, in the next section, I will talk about what happens when we play our score-boosting chips. 
Okay, now the fun stuff. Game week 33 and game week 36. The two biggest weeks where most of the blanks from the aforementioned weeks drop. Now, 31 and 32 were relatively quiet events because there were little double game weeks here and there that required planning to, you know, um, catch. But the first mini lesson here is to understand that when you play a wild card five to six weeks before your bench boost or your triple captain, there is an opportunity to plan certain situations where you can fall into good luck. So this segment of the podcast basically revolves around the concept of luck where people buy the best possible player to put themselves in the best possible position so that you get a goal off the backside even though you buy a player from a relatively poor team. This worked because you have these players and you have to play them across four to five weeks of good fixtures. Otherwise, if you're banking on getting double-digit hauls in one week, in a single double game week, you're not going to... It's You will miss more than you hit, basically. So what happened here was that I had the likes of Richarlison and Ryan Fraser that basically delivered across various parts of the season, but I had to endure some two-pointers and one-pointers before their double-digit hauls rolled around. And that's okay. That's okay. The most important thing is that you understand that their differential opponents, the popular picks in their similar price range, do not score too heavily while yours scores one or two points. Okay, moving on to the meat of this. When to play triple captain, when to play bench boost. Mm, It's a relatively straightforward conversation. And the real talking point, I feel, is what you do around that. Prior to 33, what do you do? Prior to 36, what do you do? Because I've always adopted a relatively aggressive style of taking hits just to set my team up for this and that. And what happened was that um, the return of Mohamed Salah was definitely a very big factor because he took up such a big portion of our budget. And because you own someone like Salah, while owning Son, while owning Kane, while owning maybe even Kevin De Bruyne, you lose out in other areas. So the unfortunate thing about that period was that you had to scrap for change all across the board. And I was fortunate enough to punt on players like Kevin Dewsbury Hall, who never delivered for me. But I was happy to have in the side. I punted on the likes of Craig Anthony Gordon. Sorry, not Craig Gordon. Um, I was lucky enough to punt early on David Nketia, and this was purely an eye-test pick. So, in this late stage of the season, when you see that a player has a positive impact for a team, you can use him as an, an enabler. And, to be honest, it's probably for the better that you field him and do not sweat if he doesn't return for you, even during double game weeks. If a guy scores... Four points in the double game week and he's a cheap player like five point something million don't sweat it it's part of the game you know just make sure that he enables you to own the likes of Salah KDB Son in midfield and then you get the big points of that so game week 33 was defined by Kevin De Bruyne and whoever that captained him 
So there's not too much to talk about there. Um, whereas game week 36 was more significant because of the return of Young Min Son. So how would you fit Son, KDB, Salah, and Harry Kane all in the same side? There was no solution. And really, it came down to whether you invested big at the back or not. Because at that stage, we saw value-for-money picks that outscored their more expensive counterparts. Case in point, Joel Matip, who emerged while a lot of people held on to Trent and Andrew Robertson. We saw, yeah, um, Rhys James and Marcus Alonso completely fade into view, out of view, because of the consistent ones and two-pointers. So, while the likes of Ryan Sessegnon basically could outscore Reguillon and such. Now, that all came and went. And now, what's important to understand is that when we crystallize our opinions, we need to figure out what we want to do bringing it into next season because this stage of the season is still pretty far away. And I will talk about that in my conclusion. In a nutshell, Double Game Weeks 33 and 36 are still the Double Game Weeks to plan for. Have everything in between as much as possible and stick to them. There were teams that had Double Game Weeks that continued to deliver after the Double Game Weeks. And it's important to trust them, especially if they are not injured and they are players of decent quality. Do not get sucked in by hype between Game Week 36 game week 38 because that was some of that that gave that caused some of my biggest mistakes personally where i invested in the likes of chiquinho because he looked good for one game and he had a game against burnley i believe in game week 37 so what's important to understand here is that you stick to what you have after game week 36 itself because the game weeks 37 and 38 basically were filled with single game weeks and the season ended rather abruptly, to be honest. So with 37 and 38 in mind, with everything being single game week, it's really difficult to predict double-digit returns and hauls and whatnot. I even managed to do a game week 38 Real Mares punt based on Aston Villa's potential weakness on the final day. And basically what happened was that City nearly lost the title until Ilkay Gunawan's introduction. So... Really, stick to who you have because somewhere between 36 to 38, everything goes out the window and taking hits really should only be used to rectify injuries, maybe mistakes that were related to non-starters and that's about it. So that concludes part 4 of this podcast. Tomorrow, there should be more podcasts released based on the upcoming new season. Hope you've enjoyed this series. Sorry if there has been lack of elaboration on certain parts, but that's all it is. We just focus on the lessons to use next season. Thank you so much and hear from you soon.